Praise the Lord. Well, great to have you once again. And we are going to continue with Living Right Part 3. Um, and again, the sermon outline is available on the church app. That is for you. We want you to know that. All the scriptures are there. There are some additional scriptures that I'm going to give you this morning. Um, and we want you just maybe to write those down. But let's have a look at Genesis 41, uh, verse 50. I'm really excited about sharing uh, this last part with you and closing this series. Uh, Genesis 41, verse 50. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house and the name of the second he called Ephraim for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction that's a scripture that I want you to hone in on and that's been our theme for the past three weeks in the message Bible verse 52 says uh, he named his second son Ephraim double prosperity I'm praying for double prosperity, that you would prosper in your soul, that you would prosper in your mind, that you would prosper in your marriage, that you would prosper in your family in the name of Jesus. Double prosperity is saying, God has prospered me in the land of my sorrow. So family, once again, what a privilege it is to be able to gather together around God's Word. We're looking at part three of Living Ripe, and as you have surmised, uh, I'm sure by now, is Living Ripe is about being fruitful, even though you might be in the land of affliction, even though there's adversity, even though there's this COVID, even though we're in lockdown too, even though there's so many restrictions and there's so many things that are troubling us right now, we can still be fruitful, okay? And fruitfulness is what the farmer expects when he plants a seed and he expects to grow a field, maybe of wheat, maybe of maize, maybe a vineyard, whatever it is. And this is what I want you to know, which brings us to our first slide, that fruitfulness is actually the sign of health. Fruitfulness is the sign of health. Anything that is healthy will be fruitful, okay? Anything that is healthy will be fruitful, and fruitfulness is the sign of health. Now, as believers, we are born again, and like I said last week, we carry the seed of God, the divine seed of God within us, and that seed in you and in me has been pre-programmed to produce and to be fruitful. Well, what did Jesus say to his disciples? In John 15, and I've shared this many a times, uh, in verse 1, he said, I'm the true vine, my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So he goes from fruit to more fruit. And then he goes on in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And then verse 8, right at the bottom, says, by this my Father is glorified. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So actually, Jesus wants us to go from fruit 
to more fruit, to much fruit. That's what Jesus wants us. That's what the Father desires for each and every one of us. And the fact that you're born again means that you carry the potential to be fruitful even in the land of affliction, all right? But let's get back to Joseph because that's what I said I was going to be doing and looking at the life of Joseph. We want to ask ourselves the simple question, what was it that made Joseph so fruitful even in the midst of being betrayed? by his own family. There was heartache. There was rejection. There was sorrow. So many things that happened. What was it that made Joseph fruitful? And I believe these four things that I'm going to share with you today are going to help you. All right, you ready? Number one, it was his ability to dream. All right, Joseph had the ability to dream even though he was despised and hated. Let's look at this in Genesis 37, verse 3. It says there, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he also made him a tunic of many colors. And when the brothers saw that the father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him, and they could not speak peaceably to him. Now, for some of us, that would have been like a tremendous weight upon our shoulders, and we would have been troubled just because our brothers and sisters didn't, lo didn't love us, all right? But now look at verse 5. It didn't stop Joseph from dreaming. Verse 5 says, Joseph had a dream, and what does he do? He goes and tells it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So, look, I, I mean, it's quite an amazing thing, but this is what I want to tell you. Dreams and visions are the language of the Spirit. Dreams and visions are the language of the Spirit. And I know it's easy to dream and be creative and have visions when all is well and everybody's high-fiving you and everybody's loving you, but not so easy when things are going rough. Right, And we've had a couple of rough months since this COVID uh, pandemic and all of that. Uh, I think for a lot of us, it shut down the creativity of God, the ability to dream and have visions, which are the language of the Holy Spirit. But Joseph knew how to dream, how to be fruitful, even though he faced adversity and was a result of his ability to dream. Fruitfulness comes as a result of having the dreams and visions of God, because it's God, after all, that makes you fruitful. He's the one that brings the fruit on the inside of you. And it's amazing. Verse 4 says, his brothers hated him. That didn't stop him from dreaming. And verse 5, he dreams and tells it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. And then verse 6 says that he dreamed even yet again. Let's look at it in verse 8. Genesis 37, 8, And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers. I mean, come on. He is dreaming. They hate him. He dreams even some more. He tells them they hate him even more, and he dreams even some more. So what was it? Joseph refused to be limited by the hatred and resentment of others. You know, there's a couple of things that I've learned in life, and that is that every human being is entitled to their opinions, whether it be about COVID, 
opinions about God, opinions about South Africa, opinions about tithing and giving, opinions about, you know, prosperity, opinions about faith. But I've learned that that their opinions doesn't have to encroach upon my belief of God and His Word and upon whom I have learned to trust. In other words, I don't have to let people's opinions deter who I am in God, what I have in God, and what I can do as a child of God. I'm amazed. Some people have more faith and confidence in what others are saying on social media than about getting into the Word for themselves and developing their own trust and confidence in the Christ that is revealed to them through the Word. Family, I want to tell you, the enemy uses people, and sometimes even those very close to us, and even situations to quench the moving of the Spirit in your life. Remember last week I said to you, the Holy Ghost is hovering in the midst of darkness and chaos and confusion and disorder in the midst of of COVID. The Holy Ghost is still hovering. And what we've done is we've allowed the opinions of others, all this hearsay and conspiracy theory to quench the moving of the Holy Ghost. And the intent of the enemy, as I've said before, is to steal the seed of God's Word to get you out of faith so that you're just floating along, just there's no Word content, there's no Logos becoming rhema on the inside of you, and worst of all, there's no fruit whatsoever in our lives. Now, I know that Every, not everybody dreams, and that some of our dreams don't come from God. I know that. But when I'm talking about dreams and visions, I'm talking about the ability to allow God Himself through His Word or through a dream or through a vision to speak to your spirit, man. That's what dreaming really is. It is God speaking to you in picture forms. And He speaks to our spirits, then He uses our imaginations to paint wonderful stories about our future, your future, and your destinies that are wrapped up in Him. And that's what we see happening here with Joseph. He refused for his circumstances to interrupt his encounters with God. I'm here to encourage you. Don't let COVID interrupt your encounters with God. Don't let people's negativity, naysay, interrupt your encounters with God. Come on. I know a lot has happened since lockdown and COVID, and we've been locked down in so many ways, but we don't have to allow COVID to shut down our dreaming and visitations from God. And the amazing thing when I read this about Joseph is the more they hated him, the more he dreamed. Hallelujah. The more they had stuff to say about him, the more he dreamed. Even later on, when you read in his life and he's thrown into prison, he still continues to dream and interpret the dreams of others. Now, I want to tell you, family, in this COVID-19, in this pandemic, we should be having the dreams of our lives. We should be having encounters after encounter with God. Can you say praise the Lord? You see, Joseph was fruitful because he never stopped dreaming. 
And the amazing thing is that God still today wants us to never stop dreaming. So he was fruitful because, number one, of his ability to dream. But number two, why was he fruitful? His ability to remain obedient. If you look at Genesis 37 and verse 12, it says, Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel, that's Joseph's father, said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And so what did Joseph do? It says there, he said, Here I am. Here I am, Dad. Here I am, Father. And verse 14 says, And so he said to them, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. Joseph's obedience caused him to do as he was bidden. And of course, Joseph knew that his father Jacob loved him. He was his favorite son, the son of his old age. He was given a coat of many colors. And so we can see here, it really wasn't hard for Joseph to be obedient, all right? And so the Bible continues, and in verse 15, it says that now a certain man found him there, and there he was wandering the field, and man asked him, saying, what are you seeking? He said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding the flocks. And the man said, uh, you know what, I, they've departed from here, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. So he is sent by his father. His father calls him because he knew he was loved by his father. He said, Dad, here I am. I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. I need you to go to Shechem. Shechem, when you look up that word, it simply means a load on the shoulders and back. And so Joseph was sent by his father, but his brothers were not in Shechem. It would have been a lot easier for Joseph to return to his father and say, you know what, Dad, I went down to Shechem, looked here and there, but I couldn't find the brothers, so here I am, I have returned. But his obedience and commitment made him go the extra mile. Hallelujah. And from Shechem, the Bible says, he goes to Dothan. Now, Dothan was a town which was north of Samaria, and it took a day's journey, an entire day's journey to get from Shechem to uh, Dothan. And Dothan means place, not of one well, but a place of two wells. A place of how many wells? Two wells. Actually, Dothan was also the place where Elisha lived, and it was the scene of that remarkable vision of chariots and horses of fire surrounding the mountain on which the city stood. Remember, remember when, his, when his servant came and he said, oh, you know, the, 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 the uh, enemy has come, and I think we've got a problem. And Elisha said, don't worry, there are more that are for us than there are against us. And God, he said, ah, Elisha, I don't think you have seen what I've seen. And then he prayed that his eyes would be open. That's the same place. That's the same place, Dothan, which means the place of two wells. So what am I trying to tell you? Joseph's obedience, his faithfulness and commitment took him from carrying a load on his back and shoulders to a place of two wells, to a place 
where there was the super manifestation of the army of the hosts of heaven to a place where Elisha's servants' eyes were open, and he saw that there were more for them than against them. Hallelujah! Come on, that was a result of his obedience, caused them to be fruitful. Sometimes we're doing our jobs, and maybe it's not in your job description, and you've been asked to go the extra mile. Are you the one that says, I'm sorry, that's not in my job description. I'm sorry, that's a cut above my pay. No. Come on, I want to encourage you here. Sometimes we become so controlled by the rewards of men that we have forgotten there is a God in heaven who watches us and who is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, Joseph knew his father loved him. And family, when you know that your heavenly father loves you, come on, he loves you, man. I'm here to tell you, your heavenly Father loves you. And when you know that 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 your heavenly Father loves you, it's not difficult to be obedient and faithful and committed. And I'm here to tell you that the same obedience that Joseph had that took him from Shechem, a load on my shoulders and on my back, to a place of two wells, where the supernatural manifestation of God took place. If God could do it for Joseph, he can do it for you. I have learned, family, God always rewards obedience. Can I say that one more time? God always rewards obedience. That's what Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us. It says there that without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, right, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Praise God. So why else was Joseph fruitful? He was fruitful because he was a dreamer. He was fruitful because he, of his ability to be obedient. He was fruitful because of his ability, number three, to remain open to God's presence. Look at this in Genesis 39. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. He was successful because God was on him and in him, because he was open to God's presence. And then verse 3, it says, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. Can you imagine people outside here seeing you, seeing your life, being fruitful, knowing that God is with you. And they're not even believers. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. God has put you in that work environment so that others can see that God is with you and that it's God on your life and in your life that is causing you to prosper in Jesus' name. You are prospering and being fruitful even whilst this COVID thing is happening, even while you are in the land of affliction. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Verse 4, so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him, and then he made him overseer of this house and all that he had put on his story. In verse 5, and so it was from the time that he made him overseer of the house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed. 
the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake, that the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Come on, man. You better be jumping up for joy and receiving that word and claiming that word as your, as your own. It is the blessing of the Lord upon your life that causes you to prosper and be fruitful in the land of your affliction. Hallelujah! Can I get an amen out of that? Come on, man. You see, sometimes we want the blessing without the blesser. We want the healing without the healer. We want deliverance without the deliverer. We want protection without the protector. We want God, restore my family, but we need the restorer. We need Him who is the restorer. We, we need the healing, but we need the healer to be manifest. You know what I've discovered? The real litmus test of any love relationship is the ability to love the person without expecting anything in return. And in the face of adversity, that's when we need Him the most. For many, adversity signals a disconnection, causing us to run from God when instead we should be running to God. So that's what I want to tell you here, is adversity, and we are in adversity. Adversity means we can run to God and not from God. Come on, family, open your hearts to the presence of God. Invite Him. Don't run from Him. Adversity means you can run to Him. What was it that made Joseph fruitful? Number four. Well, I said number one, his ability to dream. Number two, his ability to be obedient. He was sent by his father, Shechem, Dothan, a load on my shoulders, becoming a place of two wells. Number three, invitation to the presence of God, being open to the presence of God. Number four, what is it? His ability to remain pure. That's important. Look at it with me in Genesis 39, verse 6. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Let me tell you, what you have on your life, the favor of God, the blessing of God, the prosperity of God, the fruitfulness of God makes you attractive to the world. They want what you have. And it came to pass after this thing that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. She was trying to get him to compromise. She was trying to get him to move into a place of being impure and defiled. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife. Now listen to what Joseph says. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God. He knew that he was going to sin if he had, you know, opened himself up to his, the uh, Potiphar's wife, but he knew the greatest wickedness was sinning against God. Now look at what Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 8. He said there, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed. Blessed means that you are fruitful, 
because that's what Genesis 1.28 says. When God blessed Adam and Eve, he's, He blessed them and said the first word is, be fruitful. And so being blessed means that you are fruitful. So we could read Matthew 5 and 8 like this. Fruitful are the pure in heart, because that's what blessed means. Look at Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the man, or fruitful is the man, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That's somebody that's pure. That's somebody that has refused to compromise. Look at this, verse 2. His delight is in the law of the Lord, in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit. Fruitful whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Come on. I'm trying to tell you there's a connection between living right, being pure, keeping yourself clean, and being fruitful. Hello? Colossians 1 and 9. Let's bring it into the New Testament. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Colossians 1, 9, and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. That's being pure. That's living right. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing. Can, I, can you see the connection between living pure, purity, holiness? Come on, you might call me old-fashioned. Uh, yes, I am old-fashioned. I believe in the purity of God. I believe in living pure, living holy. I know we're not going to get it right every day, but there still is the place for you and I to be holy. Look at what Jesus said in John 15, 5. He said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. That's living pure. If you are in Christ, if he's in you and you are in him, your living pure bears much fruit, right? Here's another scripture that I want you to write down, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more. That you should what? Abound more and more. That's being fruitful. Just as you, as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. That's living pure. I'll give you one more scripture just to seal it so that you know. Titus 3 and 14. And let our people also learn to maintain good works. That's living right, living pure, to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. In other words, that you may be fruitful. So there's a connection between living pure and being fruitful. And I believe that had Joseph succumbed to that temptation, you know what, it would have, he would have missed that, that opportunity of being prime minister. He would have missed the opportunity of going from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. But not only that, here's what I want to tell you. Joseph understood something about purpose and destiny. His dreaming had unlocked that in his life. And he knew Joseph knew that he was connected to something far greater, and he wasn't going to allow anything to sabotage that, not even the beautiful wife of Potiphar. And I want to say to you today, don't let COVID sabotage the greatness in your life. There is a bigger picture concerning you, family. There's a bigger picture concerning your life, your calling, your vocation. 
This COVID pandemic has in some ways caught a lot of people unawares. And I want to just talk to from my heart to your heart. I want to talk to you as a shepherd today, as a pastor. So we think, okay, there's no church and nobody's watching, so I'm just going to get under the radar that nobody knows where I am. I'm not going to watch on Facebook. I'm not going to connect on Facebook. Uh, and we might not know it, but you know what? God knows. And what I am trying to tell you is don't let COVID sidetrack you. We are connected to something far bigger than what we see with the natural eye. We are connected to something far bigger concerning Durban. We are connected to something far bigger than South Africa, something far bigger than the natural realm. You know, when I came into Durban Christian Center and tried to step into Pastor Fred's shoes, <laughs> As much as I tried, I knew I could not step into those huge shoes. And I came to the conclusion there's only one Pastor Fred, and I will forever never be Pastor Fred. He will forever be Pastor Fred. There's only one Pastor Fred. And then I realized that it was grace that had called me and kept me faithful to the calling of coming to Durban. It's the grace upon my life. It's the grace upon your life that keeps you in that job, in that, in that marriage, in that family. No matter what it is that you've been called to, it's grace. And family, can I tell you that when grace becomes a revelation, it gives you the stickability and endurance. But above all of that, grace, it's the grace of God that gives you the strength to remain pure and undefiled. You say, Pastor John, do you have a scripture for me? I do. 2 Timothy 1.9 tells us that he who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. You know, the greater the dream, the greater the grace. The greater the calling, the greater the grace. The greater the vision that God has placed on the inside of you, the greater you're going to lean into that grace. And I've discovered that the greater the purpose, the greater the grace. As you've heard me say it before, grace is the great enabler. Look at what Titus 2 Verse 11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men and women, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our God, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. Hallelujah. Joseph was fruitful. He was living right even when all hell had broken loose round about him. And he had the ability to do that because he knew how to dream. He said, I'm not going to allow COVID to interrupt my encounters, my conversations with God. I am going to remain obedient to God's Word. 
I'm going to remain obedient to God. Whatever He tells me to do, I'm going to do. That's what Mary told the disciples. They had a bit of a, you know, problem. They ran out of wine. Whatever He tells you to do, do it. Number three, Joseph was open to the presence of God. And I know that we haven't been gathering together, but that doesn't have to stop you from inviting the presence of God. You know, we're kind of hiding under the radar because we're not in church and we're not seeing each other, but that doesn't have to stop you, family, from lifting your hands and just inviting the presence. And you can invite the presence wherever you find yourself, in that work environment, driving to work, in the taxi, whatever it is, Number three, number four, Joseph was fruitful. Why? Because he said, I'm going to keep myself clean. I'm going to keep myself pure. We're living in a day and age, man. And it saddens my heart to see just the corruption, not just in South Africa, all over the world, where if it's not politically motivated, it is money-orientated. Come on, let's not be bought by politics. Let's not be bought by corruption. Let's not be bought by money. No, let's keep ourselves pure. Let's not fall prey to compromise. You know, the thing about grace is that it, it keeps us holy. It keeps us pure. And why? So that we can be fruitful, even when we're surrounded with adversity and resentment and rejection and all kinds we can still be prospering. And so, Father, today I bring every person to you that's watching right now on all these different platforms, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Facebook, those that are here in Durban, those that are, are in South Africa, those that are watching from all parts of the world. I pray today, Joseph in the Old Covenant was fruitful. God, how much more your people today and I pray, God, let, let the ability to dream the dreams of God not be interrupted, Lord. I pray today, let money not sabotage the purposes of God and the love of money. Uh, let not temptation, let not lust, let not anything compromise that which you have started. You said in, in Philippians 1 and 6, what you have begun in us, you will complete it. And right now, I'm prophesying to those of you right now. Maybe you feel weak. You feel like you can't keep it up. No, you can keep it up in Jesus' name. Grace is your enabler. Come on, just rest in the grace of God. Rest in the ability of God. Rest in the strength of God. And Lord, I thank you right now, just like Joseph, there were those that saw God was with them. There were those that saw everything he touched prospered. I pray today for family right now, for the Durban Christian Center family, that whatever we touch prospers, that there is the evidence of fruit. We're not just going to be speakers, Lord. It's easy to theorize. It's easy to regurgitate. But I thank you for the ability to produce You've called us to be producers. In our workplace, we're going to produce God. In our finances, we're going to produce God. In our marriages, we're going to produce God. I thank you that we are men and women of substance in Jesus' name. Now, for those of you who are away from God, 
Let me tell you, you don't have to run from God. Like I mentioned, adversity means we can run to God. He's waiting for you and I. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God. He's a God that is moved with compassion, and He's compassionate about you and about the situation you're in. Today, if you're away from God, you can come back, sir. You can come back right now in your home, in your living room, in your wherever you might find yourself listening to me today. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am with all of my faults, all of my failures, and all of my sin. And I ask you for forgiveness. Right now, I repent. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and washes me. Right now, I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. This very moment, I am your child. I belong to you. And right now, I carry the seed of God that enables me to be fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, family. I'm so thankful to God right now, sharing this time, closing this series, Living Ripe. God wants us to live ripe. He wants us to be fruitful. And we don't have to wait for the right circumstances or right conditions right now. You can purpose to be fruitful. We're going to get ready for our drive-through communion service. And I want to encourage you, if you are in the vicinity, jump in your car and come and spend some time with us. It would be great to see you physically. We're seeing each other through social media, but it's even better to see each other physically. I've had a great time. I hope you have as well. Until next time, we love you. Can't wait to see you. In Jesus' name, bye-bye.